0: This message was recorded at World Changes Church, Gold Coast. It is our hope and mission that you further your understanding of grace and are empowered for change. Who's excited to be in the house of God this morning? Oh, wow. You know, I've had burning in my heart this whole week, A, a word for you guys around an atmosphere of faith. And you know, when my brother came and shared communion before and talked about moving mountains, I was so encouraged. Because you know what? That's the language of heaven. You know, the scriptures say in Hebrews eleven six: without faith it's impossible to please God. So you want a father that's going to be happy and pleased with you. We need to start to learn the language of heaven, which is faith. It's the currency that takes us into the atmosphere of the throne room of God. And today we're going to, we're going to explore that. I'd like to invite you this morning, please, to take your seats. I also believe I've got some words of knowledge for some people this morning. So as we go, if I, if I get interrupted in my thoughts and I look like I'm stunned, it's because the Lord's speaking to me. I hope everyone's okay with that. Is that all right? The Lord's been speaking to me about this word, but I believe that He wants to do some things and healing with some people, and He wants to correct some mindsets this morning. Well, before I get into it, my name is Kyle, and this is my wife, Tash, and uh, we have two beautiful kids, and uh, I want to thank Kyle and Tina for uh, having us to be here today. Thank you, World Changes family as well. We feel so honored to be with you. Uh, just a couple of weeks ago, we were with the Karis Bible College students and we were talking about missions. Missions is something that I can get excited about. But you know what? We get excited to go missions overseas, but sometimes we're not excited about the mission field that's right before us. And so I'm going to touch a little bit on that as well this morning. But Tash, my wife, who just uh, led out in worship before, she's from, uh, she was born in Australia, but her family's from uh, South America and so we've got a, a our first child. His name is Zion. He's in the crèche, I believe, at the moment. And he doesn't look like he's my child. He's dark skinned. He's got curly hair, and he looks South American. Uh, our second child is absolutely looks like my child. In fact, he's a spitting image of me as a baby. If you were to get a picture of my of my baby photos, which I will never do to any of you, um, <laughs> you, you don't want to see that. Um, <laughs> But, but I look just like him, and his name's Ari. And we believe in the power that's in a name. It's like when we sing the name of Jesus, there's power in his name. Zion is the place that we ascend to, the hill of the Lord. Uh, and Ariel means lion of God. We think of Ariel as the little mermaid. I thought, nope, I'm going to claim that one back, Disney. This is Ariel means lion of God. And so we're going to take that's a masculine name and a feminine name, and he's going to have it. He's going to rep that well. Our third child is due in September. And Tash and I were talking about baby names and uh, thank you, you can clap like you mean it, you know, you're allowed to do that. (laughs) I will be anyway, But come on baby, let's go, let's go. Third child is on the way and uh, we said, well, because of the South American heritage, why don't we give this one a Latin American name? And so um, the, the third baby, which I'll tell you now, is going to be called Cruz, which in, in, in Latin American or Spanish means the cross. And his middle name is Phoenix, which means resurrection or I'm born again. And uh, last name's courage. And so if this guy turns out to be a whitey guy like me, he's in trouble. He'll have this Latin American name and it'll, you know, it'd be like, uh, yeah, anyway, I'm not gonna go there. Um, <laughs> And so that's that's our family, and uh, we've had a long life of missions and ministry, and uh, we're just so blessed to be with you today. I've learned a couple of things over the last couple of years having kids. Uh, I'm sure some of you who have kids would recognize this, but Zion, my son, he's nearly two, and he's starting to learn to speak. He's learning this language. And right now, as I'm uh, teaching him words, I'm trying to learn his language back so the language some of the words that he's been saying recently uh which I'll try and tell you is he's been walking outside and saying daddy now I don't know I don't know about you what you get called as parents but I like being called papa it's a South American thing I don't I you know I I think dad is so Aussie like dad (laughs) who's that my dad you know I'm like I like papa you know, it's like, it's how I, I call him my papa, my father in heaven, my papa, you know. And so whenever whenever I come home, Zion comes to the door, he's papa, papa. But he's been doing this thing where he comes outside and he says, daddy. I'm like, what's that? What's that, Zion? What's that? And it only occurred to me that we've been teaching him the word dirty. And so he's been trying to look at his shoes and they're saying they're dirty. I've been disciplining him because he's been saying daddy. But really what he's saying is, is dirty. Here's another one that I've been trying to... Um, understand is he saying my buddy which is sort of like if you put an African tone to that it's like my buddy <laughs> I'm like, what is this my buddy and uh and it, it took me a little while but I realized what he was saying is I call him buddy hey buddy and he's saying my buddy hey buddy and the third one is money I don't know why he says this and Tash and I don't talk a lot about money in the house but he keeps going he's like money 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 and i'm like son you better be prophesying right now because because you know if that's the first thing that's coming out of your mouth that's great that's a resource we would love to have so just money 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 baby and uh, and because of because i've got these kids i'm now being influenced incredibly by children's movies has any has anyone noticed that when you've got kids your 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 life changes you're like i want to watch the expendables which is like the pfft. You know, like the, the action-packed movie, but now I'm watching Cars 3, The Wiggles, Toot Toot, Chugga Chugga, Big Red Car. And, and now I'm finding that my prayers and counselling of people is being influenced by kids' movies. I'm sitting down with someone the other day and they're telling me about what's, what's happening in their life. And I'm thinking, and, and why? I don't know, but Nemo comes into my mind. Do you know Finding Nemo? and dory's there in my mind's eye while this person's telling me about the, the things that are going on for them and and i have have dory saying just keep swimming just keep swimming just keep swimming and before i can catch myself out of my mouth i'm saying you know what you got to do you just got to keep swimming just keep swimming just and <laughs> so you know it's influencing another one uh, i love is from ratatouille if you focus on what you've left behind, you'll never be able to see what lies ahead. Man, I look in some of these kids' movies, and I'm like, these are the best, you know. Us pastors and preachers, we got to get on this kids' movie train because they carry great morals, some of them, some of them, okay. Disney's going downhill fast. No. Um, but, uh, but some of them carry great things. I remember we were watching Cars 3 and uh, there's a character there called Cruz Ramirez, a yellow car. And she's, she's looking at her, fa- her favourite sports car, Lightning McQueen. Is anyone with me? You've, you've seen this movie, Lightning? Yeah, any of the parents are like, yeah. We've watched it a hundred times a day. <laughs> Lightning McQueen is there and they've just had an argument. Cruz Ramirez, Lightning McQueen. And Cruz is doubting her ability. She's always wanted to be a racer. And uh, she says, Lightning McQueen, um, I, I, I struggle because my parents always told me to dream small or not at all. And, and, and in the movie, there's this hush, you know, there's hush. You know, dream small or not at all. And everyone watching that movie is like, there's such... Something wrong with that. It's not right. She says, Mr. McQueen, how, how, did you, how did you do what you could do? How did you win so many races? How did you get to where you and he And he said, simply responds, he said, I just never thought that I couldn't. And I remember thinking, man, there is an incredible faith application right there about you know what the world tells us. Dream small or not at all. Your God's not big. Your God can't do that for you. Your God's not, you you don't even have the future or the potential. You didn't go to uni. You didn't do all this. And and you imagine you putting yourself in the place of Cruz Ramirez. Well, how did that person get to be there? I just never thought that I couldn't. And that's a a diet of faith that we need to have. So this morning I want to talk about faith and I want to talk about the language of heaven. But really what I want to talk about is my experience travelling overseas and learning a language. Because learning a language actually relates extremely to learning a language of faith. Any language, anyone that's learned a second language, maybe you can show me your hands. Who here has learned a second language? When you learn a language, it's, it's a process, and sometimes so it can be with faith. And I want to apply those principles of learning a language to how you can actually learn the language of faith. Um, it defines a culture. When you go across the world, differences in language are what develop cultures. So you go from one tribe in, a, in, in Mozambique, where I used to live, to another uh, tribe there will be a slight uh, intonation in some, some of the language, and it relates an enti- to, it translates to an entirely different culture. You take, for example, the English, like our brother mentioned earlier. Sometimes there's a difference in culture between what happens in England and in Australia, especially in the soccer or the football or anything like that. Wherever you go around the world, a difference in language translates to a difference in culture. What I want to get at this morning is if the language of faith is right in us, as according to the Bible, then we will have the culture of the kingdom residing within us. uh, Jesus prayed, he said, Father, your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The thing is, if our faith doesn't line up with that statement, the type of kingdom that we're asking for is going to be different. We need to make sure we're asking for the right kind of kingdom. And so when I was young, I I first travelled to Mozambique when I was about 10 years old. Uh, my family's decided. To, my family decided to sell everything and move over to Mozambique, and Mozambique was an interesting country because uh, it was like walking into a train smash. My first experience, I told the students at Karis last uh, couple of weeks ago, was that we got into Harare, which is in Zimbabwe, the neighboring country, and we were uh, we were we were held up in the back of the car, my father at, at gunpoint, and we were taken to some place to be uh, shot. And so that was that was a ten-year-old's uh, introduction to Africa, and I thought this is pretty cool. <laughs> um, and so that was our life. We had we, we, God delivered us miraculously of that, but we started to go on the process of learning the language of the people that we were sent to love. Uh, in fact, that's something amazing that you can start to do is whenever you go into a place, if you want to extend the love of Jesus, learn the language. Learn the language of the place that you go, because whether you make a mistake or not, it will, it will speak volumes about how much you love them. And you can do the same here in Australia as well, when you like to learn the language that people speak. So let me start out this morning by uh, speaking from Mark 11. Mark 11:22, 11, if you've got your Bibles. Would you open them with me this morning? Mark 11. Who's got the Bible? I like to carry my, my, my hard copy. A friend of mine, I think you're here today. Are you here, Sam? Sam Cruz? Are you here somewhere? Fantastic. He's here. He told me once um, that uh, there's something special about the paper because it connects with when you're turning the pages, it connects with something which helps you absorb what you're reading. And so to counter that for those who have got their iPads or, or, or iPhones today, if you find someone sitting near you with a Bible, just flick the edge of the paper while you're reading your, you're reading your uh, iPhone or tablet and it'll have the same effect, All right. So Jesus answered in verse 22 and 24 and said to them, Have faith in God. For assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things that he said will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Going back a little bit in this uh, scripture, if I was to explain what was happening before here, you've got Jesus who looking out of a window in the distance sees a fig tree. And he's looking in that fig tree and the scriptures tell us in Mark 11 that the fig tree is actually out of season. But he looks across and he sees that it's got green leaves. And so he takes a journey with his disciples and they all all walk over to this fig tree. And this interesting thing happens where Jesus says, This tree has no fruit. Now, the scripture tells us that it was out of season, but it had green leaves. So it was meant to have some kind of fruit following it, but yet the scriptures reveal for a specific reason that it was out of season. And then Jesus, almost under his breath, says, You will bear no more fruit. Now, I think, Jesus, that's a bit unfair. It's out of season, it shouldn't have fruit on it anyway, and yet Jesus curses it. Now, almost as nothing, the disciples move on and they keep going on their, on, their, on their path. And two days later, they come by this fig tree, and the disciples say, Wow, Jesus! It's, 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 it's all shriveled up from the roots. This is a process that should take about three weeks, by the way. When a fig tree dies from the roots, it should take about three weeks for it to completely shrivel up and die. And so they're marveling at the miracle that the fig tree that was alive, yet producing no fruit and out of season, had actually withered had actually up it had, from the roots It had completely died. And so they're marvelling at this and his response in verse 22 is have faith in God. I want to tell you, I'm going to give you two reasons why I believe he says have faith in God. The first I believe results, it it relates to our condition as Christians. What I mean by that is when Jesus was pointing at the fig tree and said you will bear no more fruit. There's an expectation for us to have faith in season season out of season, to be producing good fruit in season and out of season. Otherwise, we become useless to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Reason he said, have faith in God was not merely to encourage them in a miracle, but to say, have faith because faith is needed if you're going to produce fruit. He's looking at that tree and he's saying that tree should have produced fruit for the king of kings. That tree should have produced for me when I wanted the fruit in season or out of season. It had the leaves, it had the environment, it had everything it needed and yet it didn't produce. Friends, can I just say to us that sometimes when we're feeling down, sometimes when we're feeling out, sometimes when we're feeling like we're not ready to produce fruit, that's exactly the time where we need to have faith. That's exactly the time where we need to be asking the Lord what He wants us to do. It's exactly the time we need to be encouraged. So I'm going to explore this a little bit, this Scripture. Have faith in God. Step one. I'm going to give you five steps to learning the language of heaven. And as I do this, I want to talk to you a little bit about how I learned Portuguese, because they relate. Have faith in God, the first one. Scripture in Luke 6.45 says, A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth that which is good. An evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth that which is evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. What does that mean? Well, that basically means is that what you culture yourself around is what's going to come out of your mouth. And there's a, reason, there's a reason that He says this, because we sprout so many things. You know, one of the things that the Lord talks about is dealing with gossip, dealing with slander. What does that mean is in the fruit of the person? It means that's what the culture of that person's life is like. So one of the best ways to learn a language is to immerse yourself in the culture. So for me to learn Portuguese when I was 10 years old, I moved to Mozambique and started to put myself with people who spoke the same language. Does anyone here speak Portuguese? No, Spanish? No, oh, a couple of people. And so... so if I was to immerse myself into that culture, I would start to be there, to live there. Now, we might have a conversation and I might not understand you, but what's happening is far more than what we see it face to face. Because as you speak and as I listen, something starts to deposit in my heart. And so I found that there was an acceleration being in the culture in Mozambique where I was able to learn Portuguese. It's all about the habitat in which you place yourself. It's all in the culture which you surround yourself. What I mean by that today is that where you choose to live, not just geographically, but where you choose to live with the people around you, who you choose to fellowship with, who you choose to surround yourself Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and not just Sunday, is going to influence what comes out of your mouth. Have faith in God. You know, one of the best ways to get faith is to be round people of faith. And that's what I mean. When you want to learn Portuguese, you go to a Portuguese-speaking nation. When you want to develop faith in God, sit yourself with people who have faith. You know, I, I, was in, um, I was in having lunch with a gentleman named David Hogan. Has anyone heard of David Hogan? He's a man of God. And he's seen some miraculous miracles. And as I'm sitting with him for lunch, he was telling me about how he grew in his ministry to see 100% people healed in over nine diseases. I remember I asked him the question, I said, David, what's what's wrong with the other diseases? Why only uh, the the nine major ones? What's happening? He said, Kyle, we start developing a diet of faith by what we surround ourselves with. The people we're around, he said, I go to a ministry just to get what they've got. I go to another place just to get what they've got because they've experienced raising the dead. They've experienced laying hands on and seeing cancer healed. They've seen all of these things. When you want to develop a culture of faith, go to a culture that has what you want. I mean, who here wants to experience unprecedented power in the Lord? All of us do. Who here wants to experience miracles? You've got to go to where you see miracles happening. And that could be right here. But friends, I'm talking about Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. But there requires cooperation. Why doesn't sometimes it happen all at once? Sometimes it does. And I've seen it happen for people. some people like that is because it requires our cooperation. If we are yielding ourselves to the Lord, the more you choose to do this to the Lord, the more He will actually elevate you. You know what I mean? The more you choose to get low before the Lord because in in our weakness, He's made strong. Let me continue this morning. So what we need to do is to have uh, have faith, to have faith in God. It sounds simply, but we need to surround ourselves with a culture of faith. So start right now, I want, I want to give you some, some simple applications that you can take with you for the extra 167 hours of your week outside of Sunday, is that okay? Um, so what I want you to do is I want you to take a moment right now to surround yourself with the people who, who speak the right language of faith. I want you to write down the name of three people. If you didn't come prepared with a pen, I believe us all have it. we all have a mobile phone or a tablet or something like that. Um, isn't it interesting, by the way, that uh, God gave Moses tablets and we have got tablets today is right I believe that Moses threw down his iPad you know he didn't have a Samsung Galaxy that's why they smashed okay I might not get invited back but let's let's as long as it's not a surface I'm mean, anyway there's a reason they're called surfaces they're great to put coffee on all right that's about all I want you to write down the name of three people who speak the language of faith who you can be around. I talked about David Hogan immersing himself in different cultures. Whenever I want to learn and get filled up with faith, I surround myself with someone who speaks the right language. Who are you going to write down just now? I'm going to give you a minute to do that. And while you're doing that, I want to tell you a story uh, about a culture of faith that I immerse myself into. I used to sit when I was 10 years old behind the video camera of watching my dad as he would minister in Mozambique. It's the coolest thing to watch your watch your father minister in in the power of God and he would he would be doing these things where he'd be by the power of the Holy Spirit casting out demons and these demons would respond in a man's voice from a woman's body in English I remember thinking this is bizarre you know <laughs> as a kid you're like whoa that's cool and I would watch as this person would manifest and then dad would say in the name of Jesus out of you And this this spirit would leave. And so whenever I find that I need to be filled up with faith, I get around my dad. And you know what? He doesn't let me have an attitude that's anything less than full of faith. You know, when I sit with him, he starts to talk about the Word of God. He starts to talk about Deuteronomy 28. He says, You're the head and not the tail, the top and not the bottom. And all of a sudden, my spirit starts to lift. But you find if you surround yourself with negative people, what happens? your, Your language changes. You start to speak negative. You start to gossip. You start to slander. I know I'm trying to nail home this point. This is the main point of have faith in God is where you set yourself in the culture of faith determines what comes out of your mouth. Second point, speak it out it comes from whoever says. Proverbs 18:21 says that the, the tongue has the power of life and death and those who love it will eat its fruit. We see that God created the whole world and spoke everything into being with a voice. We see that when we sing out and when we speak prophetically it's with our voice. When we when we sing, when we, we exclaim and praise God, it's with our voice and with our bodies. You know, the word for praise is one of the words for praises is, is tahila. You know, the world's having a party with tequila's and we're having a party with Tehillah. And what that means is that we just, with everything we've got, we start to praise Him. You know, I want to encourage you, Sundays should be Tehillah parties, okay? That's what we're going to do because you can just jump around and be as free. Who cares? Who cares if it's embarrassing for you or someone else? It's a Tehillah party. The word for praise is to jump around. That word particular is jump around unashamed. Let everyone know it's a public exclamation of your love for God. I just feel for someone, someone this morning, when we go up at the Yen Yolanda, we just got to praise. There's an atmosphere. That, that that zipper is only halfway open and it needs to go the whole way Amen. this morning. Amen. And so the power of life and death is in the tongue. And so when I was in Mozambique, I remember that I was trying to put in practice speaking the language of, of Portuguese. But I found that if I just practiced with my brother who didn't speak Portuguese, it, we would end up mispronouncing words and And it was awkward. We'd we'd sort of, we never got far. And so the best way to learn a language is to start speaking it out with people who know the language. Now, I I know I just talked about surrounding yourself with a culture, but surrounding yourself in a culture and being silent is one thing. Being in a culture and starting to speak out that same language is another thing. And so what you've got to start doing, what we have to start doing when we learn a language is start to speak it out. Speak it out. Not be afraid to make a mistake. You know, some of the most amazing testimonies of faith have come from new Christians who don't know the Scripture very well and start to speak out that one verse that they do do know a hundred times over boldly. Isn't that amazing? And sometimes we go, oh, no, you need to know more of the Word. No, I I wish if we just had John 3.16, for God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, that whosoever believed in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. If if we just had that one Scripture, how much boldness would fill our heart if that was all we knew? What about Mark 11.24? Whoever says and has no doubt but believes in his heart, What about that? You know, some of these new Christians, they just start to speak it out like they're learning a new language. And some of us have been in the kingdom for so long, in Christianity for so long, we've forgotten that we need to speak. You know, you don't need a platform just to speak out the truths of God. Do you know what your platform is? Every day of the week, every workplace, every university, every school, wherever you are, that's your platform. And so you need to get used to starting to speak it out. See, people love it when you practice their language. People love it. And they love it when you make mistakes. I remember I was in Mozambique. I told uh, the the Karis guys this, is that I mispronounced a word. It was a bad one to mispronounce, okay? There was a town called Matakupanja, right? Which I think means spring or well or something like that. I used the word Matakupanja. Not not too much difference. Matakupanja, Matakupanja. The difference is that one meant spring and the other meant to have your pants fully down. And so I became known as Pastor Mataka And as a pastor, you don't want to be known as the pastor with your pants down. You do not want to be known as that, okay? Because that's, that's an inside joke that has a bad connotation. You know what I'm saying? But you know what? The locals love you. You know, I remember at that time when we started to practice the language, I was a few years older when I made that mistake. I was about 18 or 19. And uh, our church grew because they knew that the pastor and the people around wanted to learn their language. And as we were learning their language, they would come and they would come and they would come. When you start to speak the language of faith, you don't have to worry about going out and evangelizing on every street corner. The people who need the message that you have got are going to come. Yeah? Are you with me this morning? Are you with me? So I'm not discounting evangelism. I think evangelism is absolutely necessary and will happen. But when you start to speak the right language, people are going to come to you. They're not going to come to you for gossip or slander. They're going to come to you for faith. Says in Mark 11 is repeated four times before the word pray. Says is repeated four times before the word pray. This is just how much faith has to do with action is that when you're looking for something to declare, you've got to say it out. Don't just, put it in your, don't just put it in your heart. Say it out. Speak it out. It says it four times before the word even pray enters in. And so then you can pray about it. So what I want you to do right now is I want you to find three scriptures of faith. Can you do that? Can you write down three scriptures of faith that you find in the Word that I want you to this week practice speaking? I want you to start building a confidence in speaking out and having a diet of faith. While you're doing that, I'm going to give you an example from Deuteronomy 28. I remember I was with my father and I was, I was praying, and he said to me, "Have you got faith?" And I said, no, I think so. I hope so." He said, "No, no, no. You're, you're praying like that like you, don't have, like you don't have faith. You're praying it like you don't believe it. And I wonder sometimes how many times we read the scriptures. And because we've read it so many times, we just, <laughs> we, we pray it and we, we think it and we read it like we don't believe it. And so I started off reading Deuteronomy 28 with my dad. And I read it a bit like this. We're, we're in time of prayer. And it will be, if you listen diligently to the voice of the Lord your God to observe all you do and obey his commandments, which I command you, that the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth and all of these things and bless Will come upon you and overtake you if you heed the voice of the Lord. I got through verse one and two just like that when he asked me whether I had faith. And I said, What do you mean, Dad? He said, Well, you just don't believe it, do you? You just don't believe that when the Lord said to you just then that if you obey his commands, that he would set you high above all the nations of the earth, that he would open his treasures, of this, uh, the richness of his treasures to you. You don't believe it. He said, Start to say it out, but boldly. Now there's a difference between saying something and saying something boldly. And so what I'm going to do is I'm just going to read Deuteronomy 28 and start to declare the Word of the Lord and pray it as if I was going to pray it with faith. And I'm going to personalise it to myself because I want you to see what it can look like when you start to pray something and get it into your spirit. Because as I pray this, this is going to start to drop into my spirit and I'm going to start to get excited, which I hope then you'll start to get excited because this is what can happen with Scripture when you start to speak it out. This is why speaking it out's good because you might say, I am healed in Jesus' name once, but by the time you get to the 300th time of saying I am healed, something has happened where the journey has gone from here to here and something's beginning to happen in your heart. Are you ready? Deuteronomy 28, blessed will you be in the city and blessed will you be in the field. There's nowhere you can go that you're not blessed by the Lord. Blessed will be the fruit of your body, the fruit of your ground, the fruit of your cattle, the offspring of your oxen and the increase of your flock. Well, basically then the fruit of my body is our children. Our children are going to be blessed and we're going to be blessed in the fruit of our ground. Wherever you work, whatever you toil, whatever you do, that's going to be blessed. Blessed will be... Your basket and your kneading trough. Well, I don't have a basket and kneading trough, but I've got a fridge. (laughs) (laughs) And that's gonna be blessed because every time I have visitors, every time I have visitors, that's gonna be full. That's what this is telling me. Blessed shall be your basket and your kneading trough. Your fridge is gonna be full. Blessed will be you when you come in and when you go out. Man, that's awesome. That means wherever I go, I'm blessed by the Lord. There's nowhere that I can't escape his blessing. I'm just blessed. It's like this thing that I just put on and it's there. You can't escape the blessing of the Lord. Come on, come with me. There's more here. Deuteronomy 28, uh, verses 8, or verses 7, rather. The Lord will cause your enemies who rise up against you to be stricken before your face. They will come out against you one way and flee before you in seven ways. How good is that? The enemies will rise up against you, but they will flee. They they, they will, they'll rise up against you. It's saying that there will be enemies. Don't feel like this life in Christianity is just gonna be a smooth run. They will come, but the Lord will cause them to flee. Here we go. We're gonna cycle through a couple of these. You have gotta speak it out. Don't be arrested by doubt. It comes from he who does does not doubt in his heart. James 1 verses 5 says, If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive Anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. Doubt and fear can arrest the Christian from having a life of faith that comes through trust in God. When we talked about fear just before, if you have anything in your heart that you fear, the Lord wants to eliminate that from you so that you can engage in faith. By eliminating fear, eliminating doubt, eliminating anything that's associated with the lies of the enemy, you can progress in faith. You know, I remember I was set up for a funeral in Mozambique where I spoke Portuguese. I was going to interpret when I was ten years old. How's this? Thanks, Dad. Thanks, Mum. I'm ten. I'm interpreting at a funeral because I speak a little bit of Portuguese, and uh, and I froze. And and I froze because I didn't feel like I knew enough of the language. What happened as a kid, you know as a kid you learn languages better than adults. This is why my, 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 my adult parents uh, got me to translate at the funeral, but I froze. Doubt crept into my mind. I had the ability to translate, but because I had doubt, I couldn't. You have the ability to translate the kingdom of heaven, but doubt causes you to freeze. And when you freeze, you don't, out of your mouth come the language of faith that we need. So I want you to just quickly hear as I'm starting to wrap up is write down the three things that you, that you find in your heart that you doubt at the moment about God. Write them down and find scriptures to counteract those. My last two points of this and I'm going to finish here is that the language Jesus uses in this point, in this story is very important because it's the tense in which he uses that signifies the level of faith that he has. We can say the same thing two different ways and it have different levels of meaning. For example, if I have sickness in my body and I say, I will be healed, that's one way to say it. Or I can use the tense that Jesus uses and say, I was healed or I am healed. The tense changes everything. When when you're in another country and you're learning the language, you learn the language from the kids. They say that's the best way to learn Portuguese or another language. You learn it from the kids. You go spend time with the kids and they'll start to parrot you language. But you won't get from the kids the correct usage of the tenses. If you want to get the correct use of the tense, you have to sit with those who have been trained in the right tense to use. I remember I was trying to interpret in Portuguese for, uh, for another English speaker and I was getting my tenses wrong and he said, I can tell you've learnt Portuguese from kids. I said, why is that? He said, your tenses are all muddled up. People are, they're smiling but they're not really understanding you because you've, you've got the, they'll, they'll smile with you, they'll sort of get what you're saying but they, they're not really understanding because your tenses are muddled up. That's how it can be when we've learnt and we've had an early atmosphere or early culture around us of faith. We have to then develop it by getting a tutor or someone who can, who's experienced the goodness of God, the faith of God, and can take us in the right tense. I want to give you a couple of examples here. Uh, Jesus was at the 5,000 and He said, I thank you, Lord, that you have multiplied. He didn't say, I thank you, Lord, that you will multiply. I thank you that you have given, you have multiplied. To the to the water in wine, the person responded and said, The the housekeeper or the the owner or the the wedding organizer has reserved the best wine to last. Jesus just said, go and do this. He didn't say, Father, if it's your will, will you please turn this water into wine? We're running out, and and can we No no no, he said, go do this. It was the right tense. We need to get the right tense. I am healed. I am provided for. I am walking in the will of God. I am free. I am not cursed. He put mud in the eyes of someone to receive sight, not a conventional miracle. And yet He said, you are healed. Not you will be healed. Not you will. No, the correct tense is important. Whatever you ask in My name, Believe that you have received it and it shall be so. It's already happened. You see, faith on this mountain and this mountain is the same thing. You just have to get your mindset to the fact that Jesus has already died on the cross. He's already committed. He's already given everything that you need. He's the author and the perfecter of your faith. He's written your story. It's finished. Like our brother said, it is finished. If Jesus said it's finished, why do we try and open it again? Finally, just get ready to receive. Get ready to receive. I remain confident of this in Psalm 27. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord, be strong and take heart. Wait for the Lord. Friends, I wanna share with you today is that when you have done everything else and the timing of the Lord doesn't seem to line up to what you want, wait for the Lord. Wait for Him because you've done your part You've experienced and you've spoken in faith. You've developed yourself in a culture of faith. And now you're waiting on Him. Remember who He is in comparison to us. He's the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He's the Alpha and the Omega. He is the great I Am. He's the provider. He's the healer. He's the one who's the creating everything that we see. He's the one who speaks life into your body. He's the one who's your great fortress. He's the one who died on the cross for our sins. He is our salvation. He is Emmanuel. He is, he is everything. And we remember that the author and perfecter of our faith, that He's got a book dedicated to you, shows you how much He's dedicated to making sure your life goes as He plans. Does that make sense this morning? Thank you, Lord. I want to pray for you this morning. Psalms 23, six. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in your house forever. Friends, I've given you a couple of practical points today that as you go through your week, there's 167 hours that you're not in church. It's <laughs> a lot of hours, isn't it, Pastor Carl? You know, our hope, having, having been at church, my biggest hope is that people like us will just hear the voice of God and obey Him. That's the simplest message, but it's the truth right there is that if we can do that, every one of us will walk according to His plan and step into eternity, carrying a great multitude of believers with us goodness and mercy are going to follow you all the days of your life. Father God, right now, tonight, today, I just pray your goodness and your mercy upon World Changes family. Father, I thank you that there'd be an atmosphere of faith that would continue to develop in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you that there'd be a rising up in the Spirit, Lord, of people here who've had doubt, who've had fears. But Lord, right now we come against the work of the enemy and we say, Father, have your way in Jesus' name. Right now, life, life, life to situations. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, thank Thank you. Thank you that you walk with us and thank you give us courage in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. World Changes Church Gold Coast can be found at Instagram at WCC Gold Coast and on Facebook at World Changes GC. Or you can email us, send to info at worldchangerschurch.com.au. Enjoy the rest of your day and God bless.